Welcome back to the Pastors Podcast. Pastor Scott here. And this week on the podcast, we've got a a little different special treat. Uh, For those of you who were not at the family meeting this past Sunday, um, we wanted to make sure you were up to date on just what the Lord's doing in the life of the church, where we're headed, and and how we're focusing our, our efforts and our attention this coming year in 2023. And so we wanted to share with you the audio from the final portion of our family meeting. Um, If you were there, you can listen to it again. And if you missed it, um, this hopefully will catch you, catch you up and help you understand a bit of our heart and where we believe we are as a, as a church and where the Lord is taking us. So hope you enjoy it. As we, as, as we transition and and talk about and think about the um, coming year Brian talked about it a little bit this morning. We wanted to kind of tease it and, and touch base on it a little bit this morning, but we're, we're excited. This is an exciting moment in the life of the church in a number of different ways. We, we've sent out a number of experienced, of our experienced leaders over the last com- couple of years. We've had an influx of new, people continue to have an influx of new and even young Christians. And, and in, in that sense, they're kind of at the precipice of the, of the beginning of a new season, the I think we really see the raising up of another generation of faithful brothers and sisters here in West LA and trying to navigate what that looks like and how we do that well, not just as pastors, but really as a church family. Um, Which is why we wanna make sure we're building from the right foundation. We're not just like doing things, right? But the question is, what are we supposed to be doing? Which kind of gets us back to really foundational basic questions like what is like what is the church <laughs> right like what wait what is the church what are we doing here again right what's the whole what, what is this family for um the church is of the family of christ followers right the local church then is a local gathering what we are is a local gathering of christ followers of people who are following after christ and you're like okay that might be like this is really basic, but I think we need to start there because from there, what the church is then necessarily leads to what's the church called to do? And of all the things on an upcoming church events list that we could be doing, the question is what, what lies behind this, right? What is this for? Like what is the mission of the church. Brian talked this this morning about, about running, right? About getting back into the, the heartbeat of what, what, what we do. And that uh, means we have to be clear about what we are here for. And ultimately, if the, if the mission of the church is essentially the task given to the church to accomplish in this world. If we were, and if we were to boil that down to the most, like at its most simple, what is the task given to the church in this world? The the answer is pretty simple. It's, it's just to make disciples, right? It's to make disciples. That's why we're here. That's the, the task we've been given together as a family is to make disciples. Jesus, the great commission, right? Jesus said and left his disciples saying, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. And so go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And that's right, he's here so we can make disciples, so we can be discipling one another. Of making disciples of those who don't know Christ yet and helping one another 
in the church become more like Christ. Um, and even if as we look back at the last few years, right, the, the theme of 2020 was, well, you, you know, um, it should that shall not be named. <laughs> In 2021, we talked about and, 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 and preached on and really wrestled through what does it look like to be missionally hospitable, right? To be on mission in our city, to grow in our focus on making disciples. And we're going to continue to carry that through and continue to talk about that. But then last year in 2022, Brian mentioned it this morning, we, we talked about just, just doing something together, right? It's okay, so not just being missionally hospitable, but also being the church. And as we turn into 2023, we really do think it's important for us to not just do something together, but to remember what's at the core of what we are doing together, which is being disciple makers, which is discipleship, which is intentional discipleship. And so if that's the core of our identity, then we, we not only want to be reminded of that, this isn't new, that's not a new thing for us as a church, but it is maybe a uniquely important um, moment to talk about it, but not just to talk about it, but to um, strive to, to uh, enculturate it into everything we do as a church, to be able to look at um, this list of upcoming events and connect the dots between the stuff going on or the, even the things you're doing, the things on your, to be able to connect what's on your calendar, what's in your time, to connect, to connect the dots between that and intentional discipleship, right? To see how things are connected. And so in that, that our theme and, and, and the focus of the year is actually in one sense more than just intentional discipleship. Our goal is to nurture a culture of intentional discipleship. Not just like talk about it and go do something because we, we don't want to add something to you, right? But to nurture a culture in our midst, a culture that has existed here for years. I think one that we think could use some, um, some attention and some stoking in the direction of intentional discipleship. And so there, there's a whole host of different way, ways that, that um, we'll be involved and we'll be talking about it over the course of the year. And, and, um, and by in, in discipleship, we essentially just mean loving others towards Christ-likeness like loving others towards Christ-likeness, growing in this together. And so there's, there's a number of ways we're gonna talk about that and we're not gonna get into all of it today, but I wanna introduce just a couple of kind of areas to think about, just a couple of seeds to originally plant. And the first is to encourage us as a church family to think of service, and particularly even service within the church as discipleship. Right, because when, when life gets busy and when programs get stretched and when you're trying to come out of a season of chaos and just try to do things, to do something together and, and serve together, uh, service in the church can like devolve into what I would call volunteerism. Right, and by volunteerism, I mean, I mean like, because when you volunteer, you, you help out. Right, you like fill a spot, you show up, you like, oh, somebody needs help? Okay, sure, I can do that. Like that's, that's volunteering. But in the church, God's calling us to more than just like, or to something deeper, something richer than just like helping out or filling a spot or just doing a something, right? But to seeing even our acts of service as means of um, discipleship. And so, um, 
whether that's hosting a community group, be, uh, hosting a community group becomes, right, discipling others in your community. Leading a life group becomes opportunities to disciple teens. To, serving a kids ministry becomes opportunities to disciple kids. Um, and even if you're just showing up, even if you're not like, like leading those things, showing up to your community group, you're showing up, not just like attending or being there, but you're showing up with an, an eye to, how, how can I make this? How does discipleship taking place here? What, what, how can I be intentionally engaged in discipleship as I go? Um, but that is, it doesn't require, it doesn't just happen on accident. It requires intentionality and it doesn't just happen when one person does it, it doesn't happen alone, right? It happens in community, which is why we're talking about a culture of inter- intentional discipleship. And so in order to nurture that culture of us together, that, that takes teaching and talking about it, clarifying, structuring, supporting, um, and we're gonna uh, talk about a number of those things in the coming months as it unfolds. But it starts with, I think, just even beginning to think, not just think, but just to remember that our service and engagement with one another, even our, our relationships, have a, a stated and called purpose to them, right? which is one of intentional discipleship. And so it starts with service as discipleship, but it also then I think starts with being equipped to that end and striving to grow and ask the question, well, wait, if, I'm, if I don't know how to do that, <laughs> if I don't know what that means, if I don't know where to start, how do I grow in that? And so... Um, as we look at that, I want to talk a little bit, have us talk a little bit about equipping and equipping specifically for discipleship. And so, um, Brian, I'll let you both fill in any gaps I left and um, talk to us a little bit about what, is it, what does it mean to, or what are the opportunities ahead of us to be equipped, not just like generally for the Christian life, but specifically equipped for uh, engaging in intentional discipleship. So I think um, one thing that you'll see eventually is if you are serving in the church, uh, you're going to find more of the training you get uh, geared towards this. I mean, I think I, I, I tend to focus most on Sunday mornings, um, which is houses some of the, the volunteer opportunities that I think are the most prone to what Scott's talking about, like doing slides. You know, like it's sort of like, yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm pushing a button at the right time. You know, like it, it's, like how is that discipleship? But there's a way that I, I think hopefully you'll be trained more and more and more. Um, and the training we have right now is amazing. But as we kind of infuse this uh, more into it, um, you're facilitating the worship and growth of God's people by giving them the words to sing at the right time that they need. You're welcoming in visitors who don't know how to sing these words and are hoping they don't stand out. Like, like you are genuinely a part of the discipleship of the people in the church because of how seriously you take your job of providing these words when they're needed, like at the right time. Uh, that's a big deal. And beginning to think that way about everything we do here, in, in that sense, it, it all requires equipping. Like you need to be, we all need to be constantly trained and retrained, equipped and re-equipped for those sorts of things. And we have layers of that at Cornerstone. It starts in our intro classes, where if you're here, you've been through those. A lot of that is equipping. It's, it's giving you the tools to be brought into a church that is about discipleship. From there, um, we have what we used to call equipping classes, and that's what they are, but that was a little on the nose, apparently. So now we're calling them foundation classes, um, which are walking with God and walking in the world. Um, and there's a way that you can think of these. If you've, Some of you have taken these. A lot of you haven't, or you've taken like one, um, or you took them like over a decade ago. Um, but if you can, there's a way to think of these as 
this is a way that I can live my individual Christian life better. So we talk about Bible and prayer, you know, growth. We talk about community and mission and like callings. Like what if you're not Mark, you know, and you're going to stay an engineer? Like what then? Like callings, you know, like, like how is that God? You know, how do you do all these things? Um, and, and there's a way you think about that very uh, self-referentially, um, but they're not just that. That's true but they're also the tools you need to be able to encourage the people around you towards Christ-likeness when they're struggling with their callings or with community or with prayer. Like all of this is about us being able to be that body that's running well together. And even past that, we have even more equipping opportunities. We have these cohorts. Dennis talked about the theology cohort. A lot of these are kind of targeted things where uh, we have a, a cohort just, just for our kind of trained counselors that go through, uh, uh, they, they do readings and, and kind of look at how they can grow as counselors. We have this, this theology cohort, um, which I'm trying not to let swell, uh, but eventually we'll kind of like half throw open to everybody where you can come and do this crazy reading and expand your heart and soul and mind about who God is. Um, we have a gospel care cohort, which is essentially, here's how you disciple people. <laughs> um, that's gonna come back in the fall, which is an amazing sort of uh, moment to, to grow in that. We have a community group leader cohort to teach you how a disciple as a community group leader, and these might continue to expand and grow, um, but one of the things that I want to put out to the family now is, is to ask you guys the question, you know, how are you going to get equipped for this? You know, what, what is the way that you can take a step of equipping or re-equipping for those of you who've been around a long time um, to participate more in this kind of discipleship, especially because I, I want these, uh, I want equipping to disciple to be part of the culture of the church right along with everything else. Like I wanna be able to, for, to have everyone in the room be like, oh yeah, the foundation classes that we all take and expect everyone to have taken and talk with the language we use in those classes to help each other disciple. I think the idea of these, this constant equipping being part of the, I don't wanna say cliche, but like the heartbeat of the church, the, the can I say vibe, does vibe work? I don't know, whatever, ethos. Yeah, yeah, yeah ethos. Pathos. Um, the the what's the other musketeers and their musketeer name in there? Um, I'm, I, what I'm trying to get across is I, I, I'm really I find these classes important because you cannot give what you don't possess, and the, a lot of discipleship is about maturity. These classes won't automatically deliver you maturity, but maturity comes from the knowledge you have about God and the world and yourself and the spiritual practices that put that knowledge into your heart and soul that you might become someone who's mature and genuinely able to love someone around you into Christ-likeness more and more. And so these classes are the, the singular way alongside of Sunday mornings and a couple other contexts that we make for this. And so I just really encourage you to find a way to participate in these. Um, one more thing to throw out there, if you can't take a class, we, you know, we just started, uh, Meredith wrote a book, there's a brave and beloved Bible study happening right now. That's equipping. Like we have book discussions that are gonna happen, a couple of them, Mike's gonna talk about one. Um, that's equipping too. There are ways that even maybe the most slammed of us in a, in a very full season can still just find ways to be part of the church family being equipped to disciple those around us and be able to have something with which to give uh, the other people who are in need kind of sitting right next to us. So that, that's a decent. Awesome. Thanks, man. I, and I think what we want, the, the takeaway we want to encourage for, for you all and for all of us as a family today is um, I, we're not going to try to encapsulate all of this and, and talk about it and just, you know, uh, get it all done today. But in order to have these conversations, in order to grow in a culture like this, it, it involves kind of all of us engaged, like in gear, 
in a sense. And so the, the way we would just encourage you today, like an application to take away, we would encourage you to think about is the, the, the step of like getting all of us in gear. And we want to do that really simply. Actually, I'm going to give Nicole credit for this because she came up with, she's like, let's just do it as simple as possible, which is I, a place to serve and a way to get equipped. Like this spring, we want you to be involved in at least one place to serve. Whatever that looks like, it could be really involved. It could be not so, but just like but engaged in, 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 in gear. And to find one way to be equipped this spring. So not like, you know, later on, but just engaged and equipped. That could be, um, that could be a, the Walking with God class. It could be a cohort. It could be the book study. We're going to talk about a, a book study in just a minute. The, the next one coming up, that could be a really important opportunity. Um, lot, lots of ways to do that. But we just encourage you to get engaged by finding a place to serve and a way to get equipped. Um, more than one's great. I'm not saying you can't do more than one. But let's start with one and go, go from there. And maybe even less is more. That's what Nicole's looks said to me. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, also, as a part of this, we're, we, we're, you're going to hear in, in, in the next couple of weeks just about just ways in which we're trying to tweak structures and things like that to make this more possible, to remove barriers to this. Sometimes some of the barriers are even just how we talk about things. And so we're going to, um, Matt's going to sh share with us just a little bit about how we want to relabel some of the things that, uh, and particularly some of the, the, the core things we've been doing uh, I, I had on my phrase rebranding, but we, we don't really brand. I'm I mean, sure that's... You don't... <laughs> I don't Labeling? Rebrand. You can call Re it Relabeling? I don't know, whatever. Recalling? I don't mind branding. All right. All right. It's, it's, not a, it's nothing crazy. I, it's, it's, you know... Yeah. We're not marketing gurus. We're bad at naming things. It was nurturing culture of... Nurture culture. I still struggle with that. Anyways, um, sorry. The... No offense. It's just like a slant rhyme. You, you said to, to think about it harder. Nurture, nurture culture. Anyways, um, only me, I guess. Never mind, everybody. Thanks, church. It does sound a little bit like a podcast. I almost had Scott try to spell precipice, which you said earlier. So um, that would have been funny. But uh, basically, I think the biggest change that we're, we're going to make, the biggest rebranding, quote unquote rebranding, is um, as we've talked about discipleship, and we're going to be talking about discipleship more and more, really the, the primary context for that discipleship that happens in our church takes place in the context of our community groups. And so um, we've called them community groups for 17 years, I don't know, whatever it is, for a long, long time. And um, we've always said, like, this is the place, this is the context where discipleship is supposed to happen. Um, this is a place where relationships are supposed to be closest, where life on life is supposed to be happening, where intentional Christian friendships are supposed to develop, where that kind of um, uh, iron sharpening iron is meant to happen. And so we're going to change and transition and have a better name because group is not very helpful as like if there's community group. It's like, okay, well, anyways, we're changing it to discipleship communities which I think is going to fit more with what we're aiming for, what the those groups are supposed to be. They're supposed to be communities, small communities, where discipleship is taking place in the context of life-on-life -life ministries. You can change it from CGs to DCs, okay, everybody? That's, it is what it is. Um, and, and it is a small change in a lot of ways. It's not like community groups, there's no discipleship happening. But the point is that we want to kind of put it front 
and center for everybody that in the context of these groups, there's meant to be relational, intentional Christian friendship. There's meant to be discipleship. Um, we're meant to point each other to Christ, and that's part of the, the active movement of that. It's not just a place for fellowship. Fellowship is great. It's a community where we disciple one another and live life together, and that's really the, the main rebranding that we're yeah. talking about. Rebranding. I, I don't mind rebranding. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really? and, and interestingly, this is actually like a, this isn't like a, oh, like we, we've been talking about this different name for about a year now. <laughs> At least, yeah. At least, because we, we want to bring discipleship first and foremost, and even people are newer to the church, something that's descriptive to say like, wait, wait where, I wanna be discipled. Where does that happen? What happens in discipleship communities? We believe actually discipleship most effectively happens in community. And if some of you are gonna be holdouts, you're gonna say CG for a long, long time, and we will discipline you accordingly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I, it doesn't matter. You're just gonna hear it from us. We'll go back and forth for a while. That's right. <laughs> are we gonna talk about the other one? The, the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, well, so, yeah, I mean, and relatedly, we want to, uh, we're going to try to map this onto different things as well, where even, like, even in children's ministry, right, we talk about, like, kids, like, assistants or kids' teachers, which might, it does get a, a piece of what's going on, but we want to just call our minds back to the discipleship taking place, first and foremost, and, and begin to think of those more as kids' disciplers. Right? And I'm not just like a kid's assistant. Right? I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a preschool discipler. Like, that, that's actually what's happening. That's actually what we're after, what we're shaping, and, and the types of uh, both time in that time together, but even the relationships that God is building, and deepen maybe discipleship and discipling as a more common thread um, that exists and has existed, but we want to kind of bring to the forefront. So and that's not like a, that's not just wording. No, I think I think on stage I have the most kids in that ministry at this point. Um, that's real, and and I want to encourage you, like if if you've thought about volunteering, um, you know, which we can now call like joining up to participate in the discipleship of my kids um, who are scattered all across this, and a bunch of other kids. Like it, that's really what's going on. Like that's actually happening right now. I'm watching it happen. And hopefully that encourages those of you who are doing it to know that that's really what's going on and kind of inspire you to keep doing it. Um, and also those of you who are even on the fence about participating in that ministry, like that's a real thing. Like come disciple my kids. They need it and you can be the ones who provide it and they need you. Um, so, you know, the more the merrier. Um, it's an amazing chance to shape them and their minds and their hearts. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. One last, uh, when we kind of started shaping all this together, in one sense it was kind of came from a different direction, but is actually related into everything else we want to talk about is one of the other things we've been working on for a while now, and particularly the last, even more intentionally, the last six months, is, is increasing our um, ability and equipping in the realm of disability ministry. Um, because we also recognize that there's, there are disabilities that, um, people might possess that become barriers to full participation in that discipleship. So we don't want to just focus on like, okay, how do we do this discipleship and go? But we want to, as we're doing that, remove barriers to full participation in that. And, and we're early in that process, but we wanted to, um, we brought Mike. Um, Mike's been interning with us. For those of you who don't know Mike, you can introduce yourself, Mike. Mike. I, I meant to... <laughs> I, 
I had, I had the thought 20 minutes ago, I should introduce Mike, um, in case you don't know him. And then it like, but um, Mike's been a part of the church for a couple of years now? Yeah, about a year and a half. Year and a half. And has gotten um, just deeply interwoven with us as we've been walking through a number of things and, and his heart and passion has aligned with ours in this realm. And so he's been doing both a lot of kind of behind the scenes groundwork and um, information gathering and is going to uh, be a, a, a significant part of us striving to remove barriers increasingly as a church. He's helping us out and serving us in a, in a number of those ways. And so I just wanted to give him an opportunity to share a bit of his heart and why we're doing this as well. Cool. Uh, thanks, Scott. Um, yeah. yeah, so I'm Mike. Um, if you haven't met me. Um, and I'm a member here at Cornerstone, obviously, mm-hmm. being at this meeting. And um, I'm currently interning here at the church, um, maybe for about since September, mm-hmm. maybe five, six months. Um, not even. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm specifically thinking about how uh, we as a church minister to individuals and families affected by disability. Um, and so, yeah, so what what constitutes disability? Um, and I think, you know, while there's many physical and cognitive and social factors, you know, there's, there's just so much overlap and it, it truly is such a spectrum um, that disability really, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty abstract term. Um, and so for me, what helps um, practically is to think about it at the level of the individuals and even of the family members who are affected by disability. Um, you know, because every, every family, they come with a different set of circumstances, um, experiences, and, and limitations. Um, and in essence, you know, as we're talking about barriers, it's, it's, really, it's really barriers that families encounter in everyday life that can prevent them from full participation in the life of a community. Um, so, yeah, me personally, I'm, I'm part of a family affected by disability. I have a sister who's on the autism spectrum who's now 32 years old. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I'm familiar with the life adjustments and just the struggles on a day-to-day basis that I've seen my parents and my sister go through uh, over the years. And um, you know, some of these include things like limited time and limited capacity, you know, endless amounts of responsibilities, navigating social expectations, and even just like mental and emotional toll that it takes on, on a family, uh, just to name a few. But, um, you know, for me, you know, my testimony, I, it really informed how I, I wanted to pursue my career. I was pre-med for a while. I, I wanted to um, get into the healthcare field to help people with disabilities. But as God grew my heart over the years um, and, and just drew me towards ministry, I found that, man, like, like what better place is there than the church to, to love and care for these families affected by disability and, and help them remove these, these barriers that they're experiencing. Um, and as I've done my, my research over the past few months, um, and I, I've, I've actually come to see that, you know, overall in, in, in the church, um, those affected by disabilities are actually an underrepresented community uh, in the church. Um, so just to give you guys a few statistics, there are one in six people worldwide who have a disability. Um, and in the United States alone, there's one in four adults who are um, affected by disability. But, you know, in the church, this proportion is, is not represented. Um, another study from uh, Clemson University um, from 2018 shows that children specifically with any kind of disability are less likely than their peers to attend church 
and children with autism um, are nearly twice as likely to never attend a religious service. And so this is really a lot of people, not to mention the families who the Lord wants to love, who should have full access to participation in the life of the church. Um, and, you know, it begs the question, why, why does this happen in the church? And I think it's because that there are barriers in the church as well that prevent full participation in, in the body of Christ, whether they be physical, physical accessibility barriers or barriers to full participation in the worship service or in studying the word or in fellowship, um, or even barriers to inclusion, inclusion in um, social relationships. Or, yeah, I think there's a lot of overlap with just the barriers they face every day. Um, and so, so as, as we think about that, like for the church, um, and as we think about what disability ministry really is, um, the goal, it's, it's really just to be intentional about helping remove these barriers um, so that those affected by disability can be fully included in the body of Christ. Um, and it's really not any different than the overall ministry of the church or what we've been talking about today. Um, in fact, you know, this goal, it really aligns with our core values as Cornerstone. And so I, I just wanted to go through a few of our core values and how that relates. And so um, I'll be reading. For the record, yeah. he connected this to all six of our core values. <laughs> I told him he could give us two. But, um, <laughs> but, but what I loved about it was I just want to interrupt because okay. I think that what I, what I love and I see you're connecting to is the way in which um, this heart is, it's an extension of both the heart of God and the heart that has been um, a part of us. And I think it's, it's anyways, going deeper in that. So yeah. anyways, I, I'd, I'd say I didn't mean to interrupt, but I did. That's <laughs> okay. No, no, that's, thank you. Um, so one of the core values of Cornerstone is that we are intentionally unified. And so reading from that core value, it says, the church is not united by our age, our life stage, our ethnicity, nationality, or personal preferences, but by Christ himself and his love for us. This means that Cornerstone is a church that intentionally pursues relational unity across the lines that often divide people in the world. We are people from a variety of tongues, ethnicities, life stages, backgrounds, and circumstances, but we are one because we are united in Christ together. So being united in Christ as diverse members of his body, we are to see others as those who bear God's image and are indispensable parts of the body. Um, and you know, taking from 1 Corinthians 12, where Paul talks about the body, um, he says the parts of the body that, are, that seem weak are indispensable. Um, and he later says, God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. And so God composed the body in such a way so we can intentionally care for and disciple one another, as we've been talking about today. Um, another one of the core values of Cornerstone is that we are, I'm going to talk about three, if that's okay. All right, cool. That, is that we are people-oriented. Um, and so reading again from the core value. Everything we do as a church is not just aimed at satisfying the requirements for an organization, but it's aimed at glorifying God among the people he has put in our lives and community. All the programs we established only exist to the extent that they facilitate people-driven ministry. And so it begs the question, who are the people around us and how do we love and serve them? Um, you know, we see that there are families affected by disability in our church community, and we wanna create an environment on Sunday and even outside of Sunday so that they or anyone affected by disability who becomes part of our church um, can feel welcome, served, and loved. 
And then I think, uh, well, one more core value is that Cornerstone is gospel-centered. Um, and so reading from that, it says, the gospel is not only the belief that one accepts once for eternal salvation, but it is a continual way of life where the believer continues to understand and receive God's grace in order to have an authentic, thriving relationship with God. And I think, I mean, disability, it's an, inter- it's an integral part of the gospel-centered life of the church because it helps us remember God's grace. It helps us remember that Christ has overcome the profoundly disabled condition of our hearts so that we can experience full, participa- full participation in his kingdom. And so, man, we, we need people with disabilities just as much as they need us. We need anybody affected by disability just as much as they need us. Um, and like Scott said, these are just a few of the core values. And man, reading through them, I was really convicted just how well they tied to this, this um, disability ministry that we're thinking about here. Um, so again, the goal of disability ministry is really the same as the common goal of our church. It's not something separate. Um, it's, it's, man, it's an extension and continuation of what this church has been doing for years. Um, so in living out these core values, we as the church can be intentional towards those affected by disability. Um, and in many ways, I've seen and already um, that our church family is doing this um, um, interpersonally and in many different ways. Um, I think the point of today is just really fostering an awareness across all of our congregation. And you know, over the past months, it's been amongst the church leaders as well and just fostering a collective awareness that this is something that um, people are affected by and that the Lord wants to love and serve them in this way. And so, man, where do we go from here? Um, I, I really think the answer is intentional discipleship. And so I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't need to really expound too much upon that. But Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I mean, just start by asking people, like listening to people's experiences and struggles and being a supportive presence for them bear their burdens and encourage um, one another with truth. Um, and you know, while, while we should also be equipped, like Brian was talking about, and that is part of our goal, um, it really starts with this heart of intentional care. Um, and for those um, even here who are, who are affected by disability in, in many different and diverse ways, we, we as the church, we wanna hear about how it's going for you um, and what struggles and barriers you might be facing. We wanna be the church for you and we want you to thrive in your relationship with the Lord and with this community. So uh, just lastly, I know this can be a very difficult and even sometimes sensitive um, topic to bring up with people. Um, and you know, man, I, I, I hope that we can just be a church that is mutually gracious towards one another in our endeavors to love one another. Um, so I just wanted to encourage us in that. And um, one last thing. Um, we're going to be continuing to engage with this topic over the coming months, and one thing we're going to be doing is um, a book discussion. I think it's set for March. It might be in the March 12th, March 12th. Um, and it's going to be uh, this book that I have right here. It's called Same Lake, Different Boat. It was recommended to me from an organization called Johnny and Friends um, that um, helps provide church training and resources um, as it pertains to disability. And just a really awesome book. It's written by a mother affected by disability. Um, and it, it just provides like really succinct, helpful theological frameworks of disability. Um, it, 
uh, you know, just aptly describes the common struggles that families affected by disability experience and um, how we as the church respond to each family's di diverse needs by fostering a, an environment of intentional discipleship, um, hospitality, and, um, and care. So. Awesome. And Thanks, Mike. Okay. Here, go ahead. Starting next, starting next Sunday, we'll have copies and registration open um, so that you can sign up for that book discussion. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mike. Really appreciate that. And thanks to so many of you, too, who I, I know this isn't new, right? I know this isn't uh, a new focus or like, you know, something we, uh, you've been navigating these waters together with us as a church, helping us learn over the last uh, numerous years. And so thank you for all that continue to be a part of that. We just want to continue to intentionally be uh, even more and more purposeful in that. And so with that, we're just a little bit over time. So I want to wrap us up. Um, Matt, would you close us in prayer? Father God, we thank you for this day, this afternoon. Um, there's a variety of important things that we've talked about um, here today, some business-related, some testimonies, uh, new members, um, ordination, uh, um, so many exciting things coming up in the future, Lord. Pray for us as a church that we would keep our eyes on you. First and foremost, above all else, we would keep our eyes on you and that we as your children would follow you where you lead us. Thank you for all that you're doing here. We trust that you are continuing to do more and more in our hearts, in our lives, in our community. We pray that we would be a church that lives for your glory. It's in Christ's name we pray, amen.